Okay, here we go. My name is Steve. I'm here with my good buddy Doc. We're gonna. This is our very first podcast, and we're gonna jump right into it. Eric, what are we doing today? We are doing the very first podcast for Schlock or Not, where we decide whether the movie is Schlock or not, and we'll watch any movie whether it's Schlock or not. I like it today. Today. I figured we'd go ahead and uh, dig into a little John Carpenter's 1986 Big Trouble in Little China, available on Netflix uh, streaming and also available on several other streaming sites I've never heard of. Nice. Fandor, you ever heard of that? Nope. Snag Films? Nope. Um, Xfinity Stream Picks? Yes. Okay. Well, finally we hit one that we know, so uh, go ahead and play Will's... Intro, if you will. Big Willie, here you go. This tough trucker wants a quick bite in the big city. He'll get served a Chinese buffet of sinister magic. Which is by far the worst description of the movie that I could find. I have to agree with you on that one. I thought Will did a great job with that. Um, The words that you gave him to read were awful, though. Horrible. It, It took him a ton just to spit it out. And there was others that were... Almost as bad. I don't know who writes the intros for Netflix and IMDb, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, how about we try this one? When an ancient magician kidnaps his friend's fiancé, a two-fisted trucker and a sexy attorney must navigate a shadowy realm to capture the culprit. There was an attorney in this movie? Uh, Yeah, Kim Cattrall. That was not clear to me at all. Was that clear to you? (laughs) I think she briefly mentions it in the uh, train station, um, but she really doesn't do attorney things throughout the entire movie. See, I kind of thought that she was a, a – no joke, I thought that she was a, a journalist. Like she was kind of a, a bugaboo that was in everybody's business, and they were always trying to get her out of there because it, she was like writing stories. She had that feel to me of like the annoying journalist. Well, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. We can talk about that in a second because I don't know if you remember um, one of the times they go to Lopan's hideout. She actually brought an investigative journalist with her. Oh, that's right. <laughs> remember? And Margo. She was the worst. She was Margo. the absolute worst. Horrible. Margo was horrible. Horrible actress, horrible pick. That's great. <laughs> so let's, let's start at the beginning then. Um, uh, first off, I'm just going to say I adore this movie for all of its faults. I, I This is one of the movies that if it's on television, um, if somebody comes over and just wants to watch something real fast, I will throw in Big Trouble in Little China. I can watch it with my, my family, my parents, my kids. Uh, friends, you can watch this with anybody and have a good time with it, I think. That's me personally. I don't know what your thought is. Coming in 100% biased. I love the movie. Loved it since I was a kid. I can always watch it. Even, my wife had never seen it before. She watched it with me, and she enjoyed it, and she hates everything I watch. So this movie definitely <laughs> has appeal to, for more than one audience. Definitely. Right. I agree with you. I, I believe the movie is flawed, um, but yet somehow it's perfect Yeah. in every facet. Agreed. So. So going back um, to the beginning of the movie, can I ask you a question real quick here? Go. Uh, and I've seen this movie plenty of times, but it's been some years. I had no recollection whatsoever of the beginning interview with Egg and the cops. I always remember the movie starting with him in his truck kind of talking on the CB. <clears throat> I had always remembered that it was Egg being interviewed by the cops, but I believe that was his attorney. Because at one point the attorney tells him, you have to tell me everything about what happened. Man, I, so there's a lot more attorneys in this movie than, than I heard. It was almost like, well, I mean, it's Hollywood, so I mean, they probably write in on a lot of those. Um, but almost like uh, he was at a proffer of some sort, like he was in trouble. And so his, his defense attorney was asking him, I need to know what happened so that um, we can cover you in court when this, when this is brought in front of a jury or it co- goes to trial. Okay, so I took it very similar. I took it as he was explaining to the cops what happened in this big mess. 
That's that's right. a different take on it. So here's the thing. I, I told Lynn that when we were watching it, it was my wife. I said, uh, I don't remember this at all. I, I think they've changed this. So I went and looked in the trivia, and it didn't say that it was ever changed, but it did say that that was added um, post-production to clearly make it that uh, Kurt Russell was the hero of the film because really – He's more to me. He's more of a comedy relief than the hero. He wasn't like a in, in those days. The '80s heroes were talking Stallone, Van Damme, Schwarzenegger. You know those type right. of guys. He was kind of a goof in this, which I liked. I'm not complaining about it. But uh, they that was specially added just to set up in the beginning that he's the hero because I guess test audiences at one point uh, thought that the 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 other guy the shooting I'm. Put on a blanket. Wang. 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 That yeah. Wang, and, and Wang might be the hero looking back at it. He's the one that pretty much spurred Wang everything along. Wang saved the day because if you remember later on in the movie, um, Jack Burton is uh, pretty much inept the entire movie. After yes. a certain, Once he gets to the halfway point of the movie, he just shuts down. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so that, anyway, I, I so, totally spaced the whole beginning completely. Right. So, I mean, Shin's giving the story, and it's showing a, a little bit about – um, what had happened, and so you see like a half block blown up in green flames. Not one cop is responding to this, and so now they're saying they're having a hard time finding Jack Burton. Well, I would I would wonder why. You know, the entire movie takes course in what two to three days, well, and they a have a huge question, gang yeah. fight in the middle of the alley, and so of course they can't find Jack Burton because nobody ever showed up for the three days. There was no like suspicious uh, circumstances or a loud noise complaint. Going it, on in this neighborhood while this whole thing was happening? Was this one day? Because thinking back, he was wearing that same tank top and jeans the whole movie. I, everybody was wearing the same clothes the whole movie, weren't they? Uh, I'm pretty sure, but they would always go – like they would go to Lopan's Whorehouse, and then they would go back to the the restaurant, and then they would go somewhere else, and then they would go back to the restaurant. So it seemed to me it was like two to three days. Because I remember at <laughs> one point, didn't he shower up or did he shower up at the end? It was kind of strange. Like No, I thought that when they got out of that first sewer scene, they did a little clothes change because I remember looking at his um, – very Swayze esque tight jeans with the tank top tucked in, uh, and thinking, "Wow, that's even the hair." You know, he had a lot of Swayze in him. <laughs> yeah, well, that was the time during uh, during the time when Swayze was extremely popular too. So, so let's get back back to where we were at a little bit because I think we're jumping way ahead here. Um, the one thing I noticed right at the beginning, uh, and it kind of sets up that he's a, kind of a buffoon, is he's driving a big rig, right? Yep, and he's doing his John Wayne impression. Okay. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I have that in my notes and I have a clip for you. Can I start can I start with that? <laughs> Go ahead, please do. I even wrote at the end of these notes the word pilgrim. Let me give this to you. <laughs> Man it'd have to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this universe. Now doesn't that sound better yeah, if you oh throw a man will be some kind of fool? To think you're in this kind of universe, Pilgrim. That's the way I'm hearing that every time, you just right? Replace Pilgrim with Lopan. Pretty much, you could put Pilgrim on the end of any of his speeches, and it's John Wayne. Is the way I wrote that down. That's great. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I get but good. so he's driving down the road. He's got the big rig. He's talking in his radio. He's got a sandwich in one hand. Mm-hmm. Obviously, paying no attention to his driving at all. So it kind of sets him up to be kind of a a mockery of a of a of a hero in a film. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, he's definitely uh, he's definitely not the the typical action hero tough guy, right? He's kind of it's the, always the like goof. he's all talk but no action. So he's yeah. the guy who uses his his words to try and avoid uh, situations where he has to fight. Which, a, blow, a blowhard, right? Yeah, exactly. So then you know we start that the opening scenes with with Egg, and then we have Jack Burton introducing himself to us. And I'm going to say this right now: the one thing I don't like about this movie 
is I hate it when John Carpenter does a score and he picks up a guitar of any string, any, if it sounds like he's in a blues bar recording his next soundtrack or next score for his movie, I'm going to like it immediately or dislike it immediately. And that is funny because I put what a sweet score. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and disagree. I thought it was totally cheesy 80s and I loved it. Okay, but I have to say, you understand, like, the scores that John Carpenter has under his belt, right? I mean, you know what he's capable of, right? I am. I do, yes. Okay, and you still like this one? I did. I thought it fit the, cheesy, <laughs> it fit the cheesiness of the movie perfectly right, to me, man. You know what? I'm probably being a, uh, um, probably a little too hard on it because, I mean, the guy's written classics. Um, Halloween, you can't go anywhere around the holiday without hearing that song, and it's such a simple tune. Uh, the Fog... I sent you earlier the Assault on Precinct 13 score. Yep. I think that's a masterpiece. And as soon as he picks up a guitar and he puts a cigarette between his lips and he starts clanging around on that thing, it just – and this one even has kind of like that 80s. There's some synth in there. Oh, definitely. I mean? Definitely. Yeah, I think you can catch in some of my clips you're going to hear that that classic 80s action movie synth. It's all over it. The Casio keyboard sound. love it, man. Normally, What's okay. that? That classic Casio keyboard sound, you get it a lot in these movies, and I, I right. just thought it fit perfect. It, it brought me back to the what I was used to hearing at that age. It, it's strange because uh, John Carpenter, he's known for loving uh, Western movies, um, but he's never made one. So it's almost like he took his music that he wrote for a Western movie and threw it into Big Trouble in Little China, which is a movie about Eastern um, – philosophy philosophies and martial arts and things of that nature so it's kind of a strange blend you know what i mean well maybe not are, are, are we thinking that the john wayne thing was intentional that it was kind of a western maybe that was his homage to westerns but in, but he threw it on its threw it on its head and added in the eastern aspects of it so it it's worked. an eastern he well, made the very first east i don't know could that even be is that a genre easterns uh, sure why not i like it if it's not it is now okay but, I'll take it. I mean, in the first, uh, you know, three of our notes, we've got John Wayne esque talking and Western music, so you know, maybe we're onto something there. And you've already, we've already determined that he is not a very good hero, even though he has the look of a hero. Yeah, the Swayze look. Yeah, Swayze but the, look. But the I Mr. Like Bean, uh, Mr. Bean actions is what he's going for there. Right. So, yeah. then, so then he arrives. We never determined what his cargo is. He arrives in Chinatown. Um, immediately begins getting drunk and gambling. What was that? Bing, uh, not bingo. Uh, dominoes, some sort of uh, Asian dominoes game. Well, Doc, I'm glad you asked. Let me enlighten you. Uh, I actually went to the uh, subtitled version to find out what the hell they were playing because I'm looking at that, and me and Lynn are saying that is a fake game. Why didn't they just come up with a real game, Pai Gao or something like that? If you want to make it uh, an Eastern game, uh, okay. I went. I turned the su- subtitles on, and halfway through the that playing clattering mess of sound that's in that movie he says something to the effect of now that's how you play fantan or fontan i believe is how he pronounced it right so okay. i looked up fontan on the the google and it says uh, <laughs> on the, the that, google yeah and that is an actual game uh that's played obviously not here in but, storage warehouses all yeah across. in storage warehouses <laughs> across alleys um i'm assuming it's a game from the orient but yeah that is an actual game and I, I i found that by looking at the uh subtitled version of the film i had to dig into that and find it i'm glad you caught that too though it's just it's just strange so he, he's in there and he's playing this game he's obviously the only uh uh westerner in the place and he wins he beats everybody yep of course yep because why not he's a hero of the movie so another way john carpenter can work in that he's a winner 
So he yeah. wins the game. I mean, it, is that taking it back to the classic uh, Old West poker game in the in the saloon that's in every Old West movie? Yep, he wins. So are we tying in a lot more Western in this than I originally thought? I, I think it's interesting, though, because I never thought about it like this as well. So this yeah. is actually coming out for the first time right now for me. Yep. So then, of course, Wang has to, to – his machismo has been – uh, injured, he's lost a lot of money. Was it like forty two hundred dollars for that game? Which no, is a lot of money. It was it was eleven hundred dollars. I okay, went, I went back and looked at that too. Nineteen eighty six. That's a lot of money, right? No, and it also seemed to me that that Wang and him were on the same team when they were gambling. They were cheering and booing at the same time. I thought that they were maybe hustling <laughs> the other guys or something. So it right. kind of threw me for a loop when they were arguing about the money at the end because I thought that they were like buddies playing together by how the the scene was set up, which was a lot. And Jack to me. Burns like, no, I'm taking all of this money. And he's like, oh, come on, give me a chance, double or nothing. So he does the whole um, wait, wait. The bottle thing, which I think is ridiculous. I, I've never – I'm, I'm going to stop you there for another clip. Okay. Uh, it actually wasn't double or nothing. It was this. Nothing or double. <laughs> That's right. He said You're nothing right. or double repeatedly to the point where I was thinking, did I have I, it backwards? Have I been saying it wrong? The right, right, right. And I don't know if that was thrown in intentional or – Well, maybe because he's he, – Maybe he's an American actor, and they're like, you need to be more Asian. He's like, okay, well, I'll misspeak this line over and over again just to annoy people. Or are we giving it too much credit? Was it just bad writing? Maybe it could be that, right? No, it's Big Trouble in Little China was perfect. Okay, so it's genius. It's genius, right? But yeah, that's how we love it. Perfect in every way, and we're just totally lambasting this thing. No, this is all uh, out of love, right? We're giving it the business out of love. I love this thing more than anything else on the face of the planet, I think. It's great. So, yeah, nothing or double. That's going to drive me nuts forever. Thank you. Nothing or double. <laughs> I'm keeping that. I'm keeping that one for a while. Make, okay. that, make that a ringtone. Nothing or double. That's going to be a ringtone. That's right, dude. But that, so yeah, he, that caught me. Yeah, and then so uh, the ridiculous stunt, he's going to use a – it wasn't even a machete. It was like some sort of butcher, butchering knife or – I don't know. He used it to cut a bottle in half. And then, of course, we've got to show that Jack has cat-like reflexes. Right, right, which right? comes, which has to come up again, right? He says it enough in the movie where you're like, at some point, this, there's a payoff for that, right? You would think so. Right. I mean, because I mean, expect, probably my uh, nine-year-old self didn't catch on to that at the time. But now you see it, and it's like, that's foreshadowing, for sure. Sure. He says it when they say it that many times. Um, and that dude, Wang, did he... I, and I looked to make sure it wasn't him. I kind of knew it wasn't, but I had to double check. Did he remind you of that Ernie Reyes kid that did the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie? It did. Okay. So it, it wasn't just me. Right. You know, I researched him too, and his name was, uh, what was it, Dennis Dunn? The guy who played Wang? Right. Dennis Dunn. And he's got like no IMDb no credits, right? at all. Nothing. So it's yeah. kind of sad because I thought he did a, a hell of a job yeah. in this movie. I, yeah, I don't, he didn't, he's the guy, he didn't have a picture on IMDb, right? I think I looked him up too. No, yeah, had, like, nothing, nothing at all. Right. There's some pictures of him from Big Trouble in Little China for his photographs, but other than that, there's nothing. Yeah, I, I liked him too, man. I thought he was a pretty good – I mean, I can't even really call him a sidekick. He was a pretty good, almost he mean a, guy. He was an equal, and and that's what kind of surprised me. Okay, so Jack Burton takes all of his money. He nothing or doubles him again, <laughs> right. right? So he's, he owes him now twenty. what is it, 2200 I don't know. I'm not a gambler, so nothing or double. What would $1,100 to nothing or double be? Oh, you know what? I might be. Maybe I'm mistaken. Because at the end, I think it was like $3,500. Like, it, it, it was three k. At the end, it was three k. So it was something like, uh, like trip. Yeah. So, so he owes him this money, and they're clearly arguing about the money. Jack's mad. I want the money now. So then, out of the kindness of his heart, he decides to drive him to the train station 
to pick up the love of his life who he's never met before, ever. Right. Right, yeah. I mean, knows nothing about her. Doesn't mention, like... It doesn't even really mention how they met, does it? I don't remember No that. background. They give you zero background on her. I'm just going to pick up this girl at the train station. We're going to fall in love, and we're going to be happy forever. Which is al- perfect almost for a mail-order because- bride. What's that? It was almost a mail-order bride. He shows her right, a picture. Like an arranged of a wedding. Ch- a, a picture of a chick that he picked out somewhere, right? Right. An, an arranged wedding or something or whatever, and... And uh, so off they go to the train station. Why not? I mean, sure, it sounds like an adventure. I'm Jack Burton. Plus, he's been drinking. I don't know if you remember, he's playing the Fantan or Fontan. He's drinking, and now he's hopping in his truck. So uh, full attention to driving again. Right. Yeah, 80s. You know how it is. (laughs) Whatever. Get away with a lot more. Right? So maybe you can explain to us a little bit about what happens when they get to the, the train station. First of all, I thought it was a plane, not a train. So you've already got me. You've already got me crooked. There's so much in this I movie that I just that. assumed. I mean, it's obvious you would take a train from China to. What was it really a train station? Yeah, because remember the train doors open up and she steps off. Jeez, man, I remember it as a plane. I just it's in my brain as a plane. And they, I guess maybe because all the people waiting for other people, and I don't picture that at a train station. I picture that at an airport. Right. Right. Which is weird. So. Somehow the the guys with the cool sunglasses, the Ray-Bans that I still want, they mistake his chick for another Asian chick, which is kind of racist, saying that like all the Asian chicks look alike, right? Right, yep. And they try to grab her, and there's some convolution there. I can't even figure out exactly how everyone figured out what was going on. They try to grab the wrong girl. She's waving at one girl. The other girl is waving at Kim Cattrall. Somehow uh, Russell gets involved and gets bumped around a few times, and next thing you know, everybody's chasing everybody, and they, everything breaks loose at the train station. Right. Well, if you remember, Kim Cattrall, uh, the sexy attorney, uh, aforementioned in my synopsis, yeah. she knows immediately as soon as she sees these Asian guys walking through that are looking a little thuggish. They have uh, some crazy <laughs> sunglasses. She immediately identifies them as the Lords of Death and tells Jack, who um, proves to me that he's drunk because she even says, like, you smell like a brewery. True. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So they dislike each other, kind of like a romancing this stone, kind of like a... Uh, Michael Douglas and uh, what was her name in Romancing the Stone where he's the adventurer but the, the cute chick hates him because right. he's kind of a braggart. So they have that – they set up that immediately, that, that dynamic between those two. But she – obviously as an attorney, maybe she's represented one, of, represented one of these guys in a criminal trial of some sort. But they're bad news. Okay, and I still at this point thought she was a journalist and that they didn't want her around because she was exposing some big story about the gangs in Chinatown. So I had, And I actually have that in my notes, too, that she's more like an investigative reporter than an attorney, so I don't know why they just didn't make her that. You right, know? and I think I have such a fond memory of this movie that even something I might have misconstrued as a child just carried on as an adult where I didn't even pay attention that I was wrong. It's just that's how I believe the movie was, you know. Right, it's such such an insignificant fact anyway. Right. Who cares? She's an attorney, whatever. She's an investigative reporter, whatever. She's moving the story forward, and that's all we give a shit about anyway. So Pretty much, and know, they don't really um, explain anything about her, so maybe they leave it up to you to figure out what the hell she's doing there. Right. But then, of course, uh, Jack Burton has to step in because some, some shenanigans are happening. Somebody's getting kidnapped, which nobody else steps in. They're just kidnapping a girl on a, a packed train station. And... If you remember, he does really poorly in that fight as well. Horrible, yes. Pretty yeah, much every no fight. Good. I mean, he does yeah, every fight. He does. Fight. Yeah. I thought it was written well, though. I thought that he was uh, actually a really good comedy. Like he made me laugh a few times in this. 
more than I expected. He was he was actually funny in this. I thought he was he played the part excellently. Oh, he, he did a terrific job, great Thank job you. at that. But um, I don't know why they didn't give Dennis Dunn or Wang <laughs> more of a credit on that. I mean, he should have been featured predominantly on the poster. If you look at it, I don't think he's even on there <laughs> anywhere. Yeah, yeah, they really he really did get the short end of the stick on this one, man, because he was he was in there. He was in almost every scene. He was an integral part of the movie. I mean, his girlfriend's the one who was kidnapped to set this whole thing in motion, for God's sakes. So, uh, obviously, later on, uh, the girl's kidnapped. They're trying to catch her. Um, they ridiculously chase a sports car with a diesel truck, um, which uh, literally, as soon as they got that thing started and out of the parking garage, it would have been 20 miles away by right. then. But suspend disbelief. It's still a perfect movie. I don't care. I don't either. Um, and... That's when uh, they start getting to the old school sets, which are very claustrophobic, man. I, I love the fact that um, – <laughs> I don't know, man. I just – I love how they, they progress the story forward with that, and they just uh, – I don't know. And that, that's really where the movie starts for me. Like even as a child, I remember that alley scene, and, and that's really the beginning of the movie. In my brain, it was almost straight from the truck and him talking like John Wayne right into that alley. Like I kind of yeah. forgot everything in the middle because it really isn't explained well. And uh, even for Lynn, that's where she kind of perked up. And it, she's laughing and she's saying just what I'm thinking. Like, is no one noticing this humongous semi in this tiny alley that's clogging up everything in the middle of a funeral and a gang fight? And what the hell else is going on in this alley? And no one's saying anything about these two dudes sitting in the semi directly in the middle of everything. Right. And, and if you notice, too, like we've been talking about, man – that set, like we were, I was saying, it's kind of old school because that set looks like an old school Western set with Eastern sensibilities to it. Right. Because they, the way they have the angle so you can't fully see down the street and two opposing forces meeting in the middle of the street. And if you remember, they start off with guns. So it's kind of like, yes. hey, we're going to have an old school gunfight in the alley. Oh, there's a guy with the um, the classic uh, bandoliers even with the yeah. bullets in it. And let's not forget about this. How about the old uh, Asian lady that like shuts her shutters, like closes yeah. it up, just like just like in a Western, man. Yep, like oh, here comes trouble. I don't want any part of this at all. Man, it's weird so, that I didn't catch on to that till we just so, till we spoke about it. Right, and then they they start shooting at each other, and then inexplicably the guns are gone. John Carpenter says we're done with this. It's now my Eastern, and they go right into Chopsaki. Right, East meets West, and and can I say yep. that those big wicker hats were the most coolest hats? Just I wanted one so bad as a child. I still want yep. one. It's almost uh, a play on the old railroad worker Chinese hats, which is kind of messed up. But uh, they just looked perfect. They made the guys look like they're in a video game. It, whatever, whoever came up with the biggest, most ridiculous hats that didn't even really match the scene. Just it was killer for me. I loved it. Absolutely amazing, dude. I yeah. thought the the costuming was perfect, dead on. Um, I love the fact that John Carpenter started really breaking out some cool special effects. In that scene, because if you remember, like everybody who um, had an arm broken or a leg broken, it was horrific because it was broken in an uncomfortable angle. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? People were getting pushed through sugar glass yep. like crazy. I mean, it was just it was ridiculous over the top. And I think that's when you really start to take notice that this is something different and special. Right, right. So the one thing that I, that I did catch on that, and I thought of this as a child too, a uh, young adult, and I'm, I'm asking you now your opinion those three dudes, I believe they were called the three princes of the three storms. Those guys, like there was obviously the Raiden lightning guy who it was just great. The effects were great. It was awesome. The other dudes, the one guy could blow himself up into a, 
some type of expanse and you know i don't know what he was really he just could blow himself up pretty big did the third guy have a power at all like why did the other two guys have something and the third guy have nothing <laughs> maybe he just hadn't developed it yet maybe. i have in my notes somewhere their names it was uh the three storms is what they're called right or as i put it in my notes raiden and his brothers right because right because there's uh, there's an obvious influence to mortal Kombat there mm-hmm. um i was just waiting for like matt Tobias, what is his name, to come out and say, Toasty, at any given time. Uh, I'm sorry, Eric, one more time. You, you Skype cut out right there. No, no, I just like, I, w- I was expecting Matt Tobias from, from the games. Isn't that the developer's name? When you were yep. playing Mortal Kombat, he would step out on the screen and say, Toasty. Yep. You know, and then go back. So I was kind of half expecting that. Um, but if you notice, they, they're in this big rig. They drove down this alley, moment, I mean, seconds before this thing starts. Before a funeral. And, it started with a funeral, yeah. correct? Right, yeah. They're, they're carrying the body out, and then, of course, the other gang comes out and is like, no, this is, this is not cool. But remember what Wang told Jack in that truck? No. You have to be quiet. You know, right, 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 right. You're right, like, right. We just drove in the middle of a funeral in a big rig. I'm right. an 18-wheeler here. We're blocking the casket. We, no one can get by us, but be but quiet. Be quiet. <laughs> be quiet, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah, that, that stuck on my head this time of what was the third dude's power? I never saw that he had one or that he was given anything. They all anything. had the different weapons. One guy had, like, the back scratchers that popped out. And spun, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he would st- you know, he had, the one guy had the spinning blades in his hands. The other guy had lighting, which, to this day, no matter how far they've gotten with CGI, I don't think anybody can make lightning look good on, on film at yeah, all. Yeah, you're right. This looks good even for today's standards. I, don't, I, I even like the way he held out his hand, kind of like he was grabbing it and writing it. It was pretty I, cool. I, I see, I think you're agreeing with me, and I'm saying it looks awful. <laughs> but it's the best lightning I've seen for any 80s movie. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying, and yes, I'm agreeing. It was awful, and I loved it. It was <laughs> okay, perfect, okay, perfect, and they haven't done it as good since. I mean, no, they've done it no. better visually, but they haven't made it fit like this did perfectly. Could you imagine how hard that was in 1986 to make that effect work? I mean, is that drawn on? Don't they draw that on it the film, like be. lightsabers? Yeah. yeah, that's what I, that's what yeah, I thought, to, too. Totally animated. That dude definitely got the coolest of the powers, though. I mean, the, the guy that could expand, I, I find a hard time figuring out when that's really useful, other than blowing yourself up. You're like, but, um, you have to be, uh, I don't know, he's like a puffer fish. He got merged get, with a puffer fish. Like, <laughs> if, they t- if they tied you to a chair with rope, you could maybe expand and break the ropes, but that's pretty unique, you know, specific power. I don't know how you'd use that in combat, just making your feet fat but <laughs> didn't it happen one time like somebody wrapped their arms around him and he puffed up yes and, like they broke their grip so that's yeah, still well, a pretty specific power for a specific yeah, move, you know <laughs> right one time it seemed like the lightning dude had like all the cool shit the other guy had some weird shit stuff and the third guy had pretty much nothing but a cool so, mustache you know okay but they had the, the weapons the one guy had like the katanas that had like smaller katanas in front of it. Yep. The other guy had the blades in his hand that spun, which right. is, it seems really dangerous. I mean, could you imagine like you stick your fingers up to, <laughs> you got your blades whirring around and you you go to do something. Somebody says hi. You, you, it just seems really dangerous. Yes. And then the last guy has the back scratchers. I remember specifically, he's like looking at the camera and he like pops the back scratchers out and it's like these claws and this long, like almost like a, a selfie stick of 1986. Like, yeah, look at that. Yep. And it was really underwhelming for that poor guy. Yeah, they really screwed up. I think they could have done a better job with giving all three of them something unique. Um, if they went that far with the Lightning Dude, they should have gone a little further with the other two guys and made it very distinct powers for their for their names. That's where the uh, special effects department is definitely helping out the prop department. You know what I mean? <laughs> definitely, yes. So, so I didn't quite understand why they were there either. 
Do, do you? Nope. Uh, well, they were helping Lopan, right? That was his. The, Why was his... Lopan there? He already had the girl. Oh, that's a good point, too. Now, see, if you break it down like that, you're throwing the whole movie off for me. <laughs> They're chasing the. Oh, they chased the bad guys to that alley. That's it. The bad guys were in that alley. That's when the, the, the funeral came through. That's when the three storms showed up. That's when Lopan was there. But um, which they, he's an awful fighter, too. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, Lopan. Well, James Hong. Obviously, his age, James Hong. He just can't say anything bad about him. Of a truck and whatnot. But now, that, now you're making me think, why would they – what's the timing there? Like they raced to kidnap the girl and get back to that alley in time for the funeral? Was that like coordinated or was it a coincidence that the funeral was going on at the time they're stealing the girl? Quite a quinky thing. And you figure, why would Lopan give a shit, pardon my language, at the time? Because he's already got the girl. Why would he even make an appearance like – Stay hidden in his lair, and prepare for yeah. the prepare for the uh, the festival or the, uh, the sacrifice or whatever he had. Going. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't want to read too much into that, man, because that, I think that uh, they don't even know why that all happened at the same time. It was pretty much right. just a cool thing to happen in the movie. But I do want to address the green-eyed girl who also happened to have the thickest eyebrows. I didn't know if it was only <laughs> only the greenest eyes, or she also had to have the thickest eyebrows in the I movie. I don't know if you realize this or not, but if you have green eyes, you're genetically predisposed to have caterpillar eyebrows. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Brows, so. so. Here's Which something that, that I think they did horribly, and it made zero sense to me. And even as a, as a kid, this one bothered me. So I know this this is a – maybe I just didn't understand it. You can enlighten me. But um, they made it seem like this girl was very special because she was an Asian girl with green eyes, right? Like she was a very unique. But then they just grabbed Kim Cattrall, and she's like, oh, shit, she's got green eyes too. We're good to go. Uh, and she also could complete the ceremony, and she was a white chick with green <laughs> eyes. Why did they have to wait for this one Chinese chick if they could have just grabbed a bajillion white girls with green eyes? And- maybe – Particular taste. I mean, he is getting older. So, well, you know, Lopan, <laughs> if he's going to get somebody, he's going to get what he likes. Maybe he doesn't like white girls with uh, blonde hair. No, I would think he'd like to be uh, human and out of that old man body and wouldn't give a crap what the girl looked like. It would be. It just. <laughs> they made it seem like she was really the special one. And when they threw the white girl in there because, oh, wow, she also has green, it really threw it off for me as. Well, then she really isn't that specific, and she's not that special. You could have really, for the last hundred years, grabbed a, a billion other green-eyed girls and tried this. Well, maybe it was – you had to have something to get Jack Burton interested in it. And once I uh, guess. the blonde chick gets kidnapped, which we're going you – know, we're stepping ahead again, but I, right. I agree. It's a perfect, perfect question. Uh, once she gets kidnapped, Jack Burton's got to get back into the action, man. Yeah, I guess if there is a reason, they really didn't make it clear when they threw her in there that she was okay to do it too. She would also fulfill the prophecy, right? It was kind of just like a, oh yeah, she could do it too. It's there's no he's explanation. A free, she's a freebie, why. you know. Maybe he's a freak. He wants a threesome now. He found the green-eyed yeah. American. Well, that know. was the thing, right? Because he had to sacrifice one, so he was happy. He's like, wow, now there's two. One I can sacrifice, the other I can marry, right? Like well, he, he got really to happy. Do you have the uh, Do you have the clip of the laugh? He got uh, really happy. I might have something for that. How about something like this? <laughs> Really, really happy. So I, I didn't know that once he got two green-eyed girls, he turned into a, a baby who's uh, getting tickled. A cuckooing child is what he turned into. <laughs> yeah, that that was. I don't know if they give those dudes like liberty to to mess with that, where he can do whatever he wants and they just take whatever they like, or if, or if he was in, instructed to like, hey, what we need here is like coochie coochie sounds. Right, like creepy. Creepy coochie coochie sounds. Well, one more time, dude. All right, I gotta. Flesh peddler David Lopan in person. 
I can't stop smiling every time I hear that. That was He's perfect. Al- is he almost doing like a Michael Winslow from uh, Police Academy? <laughs> <laughs> He's almost almost there, right? Yeah, he's there. Maybe he was uh, maybe he was trying out for Police Academy Four or something. Who knows? But he and, did and, a bang up job with that man. And I'm glad we're it. talking about that because in my notes I have in capital letters James Hong rules, and that goes for anything he's in. I just love that dude. He's that, awesome in everything. Everything he does, and you know what? That's one of the biggest disappointments disappointments of my life because I was at a Comic Con where he was signing and. I don't know if you've ever been to a Comic-Con, but things get overwhelming. And I saw the line to meet him, and I just decided to do something else. And I wish I hadn't have. You know, I'm, <laughs> I wish I'm I glad, had the chance. I'm glad to hear there was a line to meet him, though. Like, that's cool that other people respect it and, uh, you know, enjoy his work that much. That's cool. People love him. Love him. So, to get back on track, I guess, because we could, man, could we go off on some tangents with this. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Um, so, after the fight... They run over Lopan. Um, they go back to the restaurant, uh, Egg's restaurant, right, I would assume. Yep. Yes. He and owned the whole they, block. Yeah, he's a rich guy. Yeah. So they come up with an idea to uh, the sexy attorney in the gang, make a plan to save the girls, so they send Jack into the whorehouse. Oh, remember? That was, yeah, that was just, just god-awful. Yeah. And he's wearing his used car outfit and his glasses, which I want to say – uh, Kurt Russell as a nerd is still a million times cooler than I could ever be. Right. Dude, he goes in and he's still got, he's kind of like nerded up his draw a little bit, but it's still Jack, or I'm sorry, John Wayne, Jack yep. Burton, John Wayne. And, and he gets we... like right to the point, like there's no coddling. He gets in the first room, hey, interested in the green eyed girl. And obviously the jig is up at this point. Right, he goes in there almost like Fletchwood. He's talking so fast <laughs> that they don't have a chance to respond. Right, right. I and felt a little there, like, oh, Austin Powers too. Girl. Yep, and they know right away, and they, they they call him out on that. And can we agree, like ahead of time, that Kurt Russell has gotten nothing but better with age? Like he just turned into one of those dudes that could do a comedy, could do a little bit of an action, got better looking as he aged, and now is just doing some legitimately awesome work, and is just he looks like the coolest dude ever. I agree. I totally agree, man. I'm a little jealous of it, too. Yeah, same. Plus, he's got Goldie Hawn. Are you kidding me? That's, that's right. Yeah, he, I mean, he's done well for himself. <laughs> and I don't know much about him personally. He must stay out of the limelight pretty well because I don't really hear too much about him ever. And I prefer that, that mystique. Yep. You know? I'm tired yep. of people telling me about what they had for breakfast. Just yep. be a, an actor, damn it. Entertain me and be cool. Yeah, I don't need your political views. I don't – Yeah, none of that stuff that everybody gets into. I'm with you on that. So – that scene, what you're talking about, when he does go in there undercover, which had a little fletch to it, a little Austin Powers even, you know, going into right. the bad guy layer. Cheesiness. Those little cheesiness. cheesiness. But, of course, again, adds to the fact that he's he's a moron. He's a buffoon. He doesn't even do his undercover work well. So now we know um, – now we know that. We know that he can't do undercover work well. So yes. then he moves on to um, another rescue because after that, what happens, right? So he fails that mission, and you see the big green cloud form above the brothel, right? Right. And nobody nobody comes to respond to that either. That's no. not suspicious to anyone no, at all. Not at all. No. Maybe it's just like a mind your own business in Chinatown rule. Which is, you know, it's weird they didn't explain that because one of the things I noticed, and I have written in my notes here that really bothered me, probably what bothered me most, was that uh, Margot was the worst case of this. And she was the worst case of everything in this movie. She didn't match at all. Badly written character. But Which one? Margot, the the attorney, the real attorney. Right. The one, right. Kim, so, Kim Cattrall? No, no. The actual friend, Kate Burton, I believe is her name. 
that's Margot was the red hair girl that was Kate's friend, Kim Cattrall's friend that she brings okay, in. Okay, gotcha. Yep. So this movie had a bad, really bad uh, time of what they would do is they'd give a full monologue. Someone would ask a question like, uh, we got to go see Lopan. And then she'd be like, Lopan? You mean the guy that uh, blah, 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 and give a full explanation. So pretty much telling the audience, right. like, it, whatever. They did that more than once where they would just mention something in passing and someone would give you a monologue, a full monologue explanation of what that person just said, uh, which never right. matches to me. But they were pretty it, guilty of that. It couldn't be organic. They had to just spell it out. Like, right. listen, we got an hour and a half to do this. This right. is a lot of backstory. Kind of like uh, when Jack was in the wheelchair and the guy comes in and explains the entire plot yes. of what the bad guys are going to do while he's sitting in the wheelchair. That's exactly right. So on the flip side of that, let's let's talk about like Fury Road real quick. That's a movie that gives you no backstory and lets you, lets you really just piece it together yourself. It doesn't give you why they're doing everything in the movie, and I much prefer that. I prefer let me think of it. Let me fill in the blanks. Don't, don't force feed me what your story, you know. Right, you're right. I mean, it's two different types of storytelling, man. But I think they're both effective, um, especially in a movie like this where there is so much to jam into. And you know uh, the studios probably gave Carpenter a little bit of money. And they said, here's how much money you're getting. Here's how much. Here's how the running time should be for the movie. Yeah. And you got to put everything in because you know with as gonzo crazy as that movie is already, he had ideas that he had to cut out, I'm sure. Right. I'm almost oh, positive yeah. of it. Absolutely, dude. They're, they're definitely – He's, he was under some type of constraint because a lot of that stuff was really rushed, and it could have been explored, and I think could have been fun. Right. And but you know, pieces where he probably could have extrapolated a little bit on some uh, plot developments or something, he probably had to just cut out. So he was just like, screw it. I'll just throw in the explanation from the attorney's friend or from the three storms. Or for, Lopan will tell us exactly what he's thinking instead of uh, uh, letting us figure it out later and just get it done, you know? Right, so I keep mixing her up here. I keep saying her attorney, but actually, the, the girl I thought was an attorney was the reporter. Margot was the reporter. Kim Cattrall's the attorney. Right. Margot was the one that did it bad. Right. They both were awful at their jobs. And I have another clip, if you'll bear with me, of uh, the okay. guy that uh, one of the princes that he was explaining something to the girls uh, before Lopan comes in the scene that we had played, and. Uh, I noticed – I looked up all three of those guys, and all three of them have been in a ton of kung fu movies. You know I'm a kung fu maniac, dude, and I knew I could right. recognize at least two of the three. And uh, I think that dude was obviously English as a second language, and the clip caught me funny, so here it is. <laughs> Play your cards right. You live to talk about it. So pray your cards I right is, is I a great I don't line. get why that was so funny. Pray your cards right. I will be using forever from now on. I still, <laughs> I still don't get it. Pray your cards right <laughs> is the way to go with it. <laughs> I just wanted to see if you'd say it for this. Pray time. your one more time, Eric. Pray your cards right. <laughs> you live to talk about it. Still great. Oh, it's so stereotypical, man. Because you know he could kick both of our asses at any moment, Easy. and we're making fun of the fact that he can't say the L. Yeah, I'm, I'm more I'm more interested on the pick. Like, why did they choose him out of the three to do the talking? Maybe the other guys couldn't speak English at all, or maybe they they could have dubbed him. Maybe they sure just wanted an, an authentic Asian accent, man. Maybe. Because you know, yeah, they pray, you be right. Pray, I'm never gonna hear it. Again. I always heard play, but now that I've heard it through my headphones, it's gonna be pray. Your cards, right? Well, and it's also nothing or double. So for this movie's changed forever. <laughs> a couple of my favorite sayings, right? I know, man. But you know what? It's far more uh, deep than we ever imagined it could be, either. Yeah, you're right. I mean, man. We we definitely pieced it together. Um, so <laughs> to get back on track again, because man, we are killing all over it. the place. Just I killing love it. it. <laughs> I love every aspect of it. Um, 
they have kind of a subtle reference to the horrors of human trafficking. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously that's a thing that's happening. Uh, but then immediately following that, like, oh, the mission's a failure. They go to his um, his other business for the rescue. Jack Burton and Wayne go to the other business. What was that other business? Do you know? No clue. Like a packaging place of some sort where they do stuff and pack no things, clue. maybe? I, all I know is that they referenced that Egg was a very wealthy dude and owned like the whole block, and he owned all the businesses there, and that was one of his warehouses that somehow had a basement access to the bad guy's lair. That's all I got out of it. Yeah, but then when they got to the bad guy's lair, uh, I just I, – what does Lopan do? Is he like a dark lord um, who's kind of like Shredder, has a lot of money to build stuff and do things, but nobody really knows how he gets that money? Or Yeah, all that stuff – well, see, I, first I, I complained because they explained stuff too much, and now I'm going to complain that some of this stuff, just like the green eye thing, was completely glossed over. Some of the important story parts were glossed over completely. Yeah, I mean, do you think green-eyed Asians are really that rare? Is that a rarity? Whether they're rare or not, it didn't matter because he grabbed a white girl and did the same damn thing. <laughs> so it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> One of the great questions I have is, why did he? Why did Jack Burton wear Jeremiah Johnson boots? Why was he wearing a, a Buddha uh, graffiti Buddha T-shirt? There was a little bit of a conflict <laughs> in his whole wardrobe, you know. Right. It's like, ah, oh, let's just mash it up a little Johnny Depp with a little, uh, I don't know, Patrick Swayze. Throw John in Wayne. some hippie. Throw in some Jeremiah Johnson, and we're good. Because we'll dude, that was knife. Ugg boots before Ugg boots were popular. I'm pretty sure he had to have boots to have a knife, and he had that <laughs> damn knife in that boot. I mean, he pulled the knife out of the boot 27 times during the film. You know? How are you going to have a boot knife if you're not wearing boots? Without boots. Makes sense. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. So, so the, Go ahead. No, go ahead. The, the, I, I wanted to – and I don't know if I'm jumping too far ahead here, but when they're busting into the lair, they're kind of splitting that scene with that wedding scene, right, where the two girls are made up and, and they're kind of escorting him to Lopan's, the whole ceremony. And those guys at the same time are breaking in through Egg's warehouse. So they're cutting back and forth between the two. Right, Did building you, up the tension. Right. Did you happen to notice – well, I'm sure you noticed that there was an escalator in his wedding room, which kind of didn't match the <laughs> the scene of the old – It's old like they, they had an old JCPenney's to film in, so they right. just threw it in there. Right. And also there was neon lights everywhere in that wedding room. There was green neon lights lining every wall. Right. And it, it just completely didn't match to me that they're doing this thing in like a cool – like the other rooms were awesome. They had like the those paper, paper – um, Walls, you know, girls could get dressed behind a lot of mesh and wicker. Well, a lot of the, um, the paper, um, what are they called? Um, the candle rice paper, the rice paper walls, right? Yeah, stuff like that. Where they had the pa- paper lanterns and stuff sure. decorating samurai warriors, samurai warrior suits. Um, a lot yeah, of older oh, stuff, those were right? amazing, they were great. And I was waiting for them to come alive, and it, I was bummed that it never happened. Uh, and also, even though the wheelchairs, right? They were like an old wicker wheelchair, it wasn't like a new yeah. wheelchair. So, why would you have an escalator and neon lights all over your wedding chamber? Like that, that to me threw me completely off, took me completely out of it. Maybe, maybe once again, it's the melding of the Eastern and Western sensibilities, man. Because at the time we were in the 80s, neon was the, yeah, was neon the thing. Was big. It, yeah, it looked like a mall. It really did. It looked like it was shot in like a, a mall, the Meadows Mall, yeah. you know? <laughs> the Ghetto's Mall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. I don't so know, yeah, man. That just took me out. That was the first thing I thought. And they're like, what? Like, even even though the outfits the girls were wearing were very classic. They had the nice updos. They had jewels, like a really cool, exotic look. And then just big, bright, like you're at an arcade or Chuck E. Cheese neon lights. Just really yeah. weird. 
I'm just going to say, too, how uncomfortable must those contact lenses have been for those two? Oh, yeah, because they're both, uh, they're both had like, oh. contact lenses. Yeah. Milky white eyes, and you know that's got to hurt. And you know they John. didn't have no, no nice, softer, uh, reusable contacts back in, what is it? No, 80, 1986, was... man. That was straight glass. Had yeah. to have been. Yeah, that's rough, dude. Uh, so anyway, uh, we got off on a tangent. I love it, though. Every single se- – dude, I could I could talk about this subject for – Longer than the now. movie is, right? Longer than the movie is. We or could go on on something it. like that. My goodness. We could, what's that? We could go on about the movie longer than the actual movie is. Right? Yeah. yeah. Which which is shows how remarkable it actually was, yeah. right? I mean – It does. It's, it's 20-something years later and we're still talking about it. Actually, it's almost 30 years later and we're still talking about it. Yeah, holds up great. Yeah, I agree. So they go into low pain. This is probably my least favorite aspect of this movie, and I know we're going to talk about that later. Um, the elevator shaft flooding into the death pool. Horrible. I hated that. That was I during said, the first escape, escape attempt, though. That wasn't during the second, right? That was a little earlier. Yeah, it wasn't? Yeah, that was the first one. Because they came back and got dry after that, put on, re-put on their clothes, and then went back into the basement with the whole crew of, of ninjas. So they were, they were captured by the winds on the first round or the second round? The first round, right? Correct. Okay. I, I hated that. I, uh, the, the captured and tortured by the winds, strapped to the ancient wheelchairs, yep. uh, told the entire plan. Right. Um, just so you know, I really love the crappy old age makeup on Lopan. Or, yeah, and Lynn asks that. They couldn't get just a regular old guy. I was like, no, it's James Hunt. You don't you don't mess with him. If he's down to do it, you let him do it. Yeah, but you notice, like, they've come a long way with old age makeups over the years. Yeah, definitely. But you know what? I still, even for that day, I still enjoyed it. I still enjoy it today. Right. And I think that Lopan actually learned to to uh, move around. I Actually, no, you take, I take it back. I think uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula stole, stole from this movie. Him. Getting pulled along on like a, 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 a old red flyer wagon or radio flyer wagon through the, through yeah, like the set. Like a pulley system whenever <laughs> right. he moved around, Lopan moved around. They got the radio that, flyer. That was before that movie, right? Ooh, that's a good question. Was it? I'm pretty sure it was. Coppola's Dracula? Yeah. Hmm. Who Look stole from Cop- who? Because Coppola's I mean. Coppola's Dracula. We're looking at 92, so yeah, that was, yeah. That was definitely after that. I wonder if we'd have to do some digging to see if there's any movies before this that in- incorporated that that cool glide, you know, glide over. I love that though, man, because love it's it. just like floating effort- effortlessly yep. around. Shows a lot of power. Yeah, it gives you that kind of unearthly feel to the, the uh, weird feel to the movie too when someone could do something like that. Okay, so I'm, br- I'm going to bring this back in. So on the second attempt – Speaking of weird stuff, that's when they really get okay. crazy, right? They go to Egg's place. That's where they get all the warriors together, and they go in for the real rescue. And Egg, that's when it really gets a little bit weird, where they have the um, the Yeti monster that really is completely out of place to me, but I still loved it. Uh, and he has a bag of tricks. That you mean, called you mean the guy with the floppity feet? That's the guy with the floppity feet. <laughs> they, he has his secret bag of, of tricks. is something, the bag of the seven winds or something great, and he can right. throw magic now. And they... That's where they really seemed like had more fun with it. At that point, it almost didn't match. Like they kind of took it a little bit out of like, why couldn't you do that before type stuff? Why is that all yep. of a sudden okay now? Um, well, let me ask you this: Why why didn't Wing or I'm sorry, Wang break out his badass them during the first earlier uh, right. when the first time they went into Lopan's lair and the whole movie would have been over? Right, like he got good it, all of a sudden. Yeah, Kung Fu came into his life on the second attempt. Yeah, all of a sudden he was almost part of that gang, right? Like he's giving their, their he's giving them their the little finger gang sign and everything. 
tell them orders, like, here's what we're going to do. And they're like, yes, sir, let's do that. Yeah, you're right. Right. But in that first uh, alley scene, he's acting like a spectator. You got to be quiet, you know, but then he's all of a sudden their leader. And I, I don't know how that came about. Maybe you're just kind of embarrassed, like something you don't tell your friends on the, you know, hey, we haven't hung out in a while, Jack, but I just joined a gang. Right, right. <laughs> you didn't want to look bad. So, right. like, hey, guys, pretend you don't know me when Jack's around. And then yep. when finally it's like, okay, we have to use this gang to do this, it's like, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That, a lot, Like I said, a lot of the stuff was either seemed rushed or, or understated. That you just kind of got to go with it. One day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the entire script for that movie to see what kind of uh, insano stuff they cut out of it. Oh, because be they, they left insane stuff in it, and you know they had a budget, small budget for that. Yeah, I want to see what fat they trimmed for sure. All right, so where are we at? They they go for the second attempt. Things get nutty. The eyeball monster was a little suspect to me. Uh, right. Don't don't really know why that was in there, but it's one of those images that'll stick in your head forever. Totally remembered it as a child. That was one of the main things I remembered. And watching now, I thought like, well, that is a really weird thing to put in there. It, I kind of let it slide just because I love it so much, but it was a little off. And those special effects were not good at yeah, all. Yeah, there was a definite – you could definitely tell between the, the added in and the practical effects for sure. Yes, in camera and out camera, yeah. definitely. Still, kinda, it's kind of like a Medusa head, right, with one eye? It had uh, – not only – it had one eye in the middle, and its tongue was an eye, and it had like three or four sprouts of eyes that came off the top like Medusa hair, and it would have an eye in the end. And it was supposed <laughs> to be that Lopan could see – through that eye. See y'all. Like that was the point, right? Yeah. Which, then, right. whatever. I, I give it to them, but, you know, they kind of, I thought that the end was a little bit rushed to the whole rescue. It's like they jump in and they get right to her, no problem. Somehow they had a, a basement, a back alley. Well, that hang went directly on, hang on, hang on. You're getting ahead of yourself now. Ooh, am I missing something? Yeah, because I wanted to talk about the fact that when the, when the ceremony was about to begin, is it mandatory that martial arts masters show off their prowess their mas- right. uh, their martial arts mastery are you trying to tell me that you don't enjoy some pageantry in a wedding <laughs> it's, i don't think they were even they were like backstage like doing kung fu like you Come know on, there's man. 20 steps for no reason i don't i don't get it western weddings have know. a band eastern weddings have pageantry dude it Come on. You got to give him something to do other than – you know what, though? You're right, man. Why even go through all that? Why didn't you just do the whole damn thing right when she got there? And get That's the problem with? why supervillains never succeed. They tell people that are captured who could possibly escape their entire plan. Right. And then instead of just getting through the damn ceremony, they decide to do some Tai Chi and show each other their cool moves they just learned. You know what, just too? Do it. I hate to say that they sh- – and I'm, not, I'm glad they didn't use this, but it would have made more sense if it was something like we have to do this at midnight or during an eclipse, some reason for keeping them around other than just getting it over with. Like they should have – they could have came up with something of like at the stroke of midnight on the 10th day of the 10th year of his – you know what I mean? They should have gave it a time frame <laughs> other than now we'll just – Go ahead. Other than we'll just do it whenever we feel like it. You know? Well, we have to prepare the ceremony. Like, what does that mean? Like, get the buffet ready, make sure we have plenty of prime rib for everybody? I well, mean, how does that work? The escalator was broken. They got to get the repair <laughs> crew. They got to get the maintenance crew to fix the escalator. Call they got the habits. neon lights. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe we're kind of snobs, though, because we're from Vegas. So maybe True. we're like, I would have taken them to the, the drive-thru, the, both of them, because in everything's totally legal at this point. Just take them both of them, married both of them in the drive-thru, voila, I'm eternal. In and out, dude. He, he wasted way too much. He gave them enough time to did that. I'm still stuck on that hidden passage. He had a passage from a warehouse to an underground tunnel full of monsters that went right up into the bad guys' lair, <laughs> right into where they were having the ceremony. Just very convenient. And like, 
I think his his uh, cronies, his bad guys, his his thugs, they must have gone to the same school of shooting as uh, Starship uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> clones because they didn't hit anybody. I mean, nobody went in that place with a gun. Yeah, it, it was no, kind of weird. There was guns and swords, but they were used at weird times, and no one ever picked up a gun when they should have. You know, there was a lot of just, eh, these guys are going to run in kung fu style and get knocked out one by one going on. I, I still like that, though. I do, too. I'm, I'm picking it apart, but it was all it all worked very well for what, for the film, I thought. I agree, but th- there was a scene where, like, the gang was breaking through the door, and I think, like, half of Jack Burton and Wang's gang had guns, and they could have just shot through the door and killed everybody yeah. <laughs> before they made it in. Yeah. But they allowed them to gain entry and then, you know, hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, I mean, he, it wouldn't have been no fun if they all just got shot. So I understand it has to happen. But, yeah, when you pick it apart, it doesn't make much sense. Okay, so one thing I would like to discuss with you, and this is something that I've been thinking about a lot. The final battle at Lopan's ceremony. Yep. Okay? Do you remember what they did before they got to the battle? Uh, they drank the funny juice. <laughs> right, whatever it was, yeah. the psychedelics. So, did Wang and Lopan and Egg actually have those powers, or was it all halluc- um, hallucinations? Or was that juice the reason that Wang could all of a sudden do kung fu? Oh, he could always do kung fu. I mean, he couldn't do kung fu like fly thirty feet through the air and have a hmm. sword fight on his side while he's hovering through the air, kung fu. But was he doing just regular kung fu and just hallucinating? Because if you remember, pretty much that whole fight, Jack Burton was worthless. He was underneath Horrible. the guy with the knife and the boot in his stomach. Very funny. Very funny. Yeah, I, I laughed at that part. That was great. Which is understandably why test audiences are like, this guy's a, this guy sucks as an action hero. Right. So you had to make him something else. But was that entire fight scene, especially remember the, uh, the pinky, pinky samurai uh, showdown? Yes. Okay, was that actually happening, or were they just sitting there tripping their balls off while they were like, making symbols with their fingers? I like I like where you're going with it. I think that they what they wanted the audience to think was it was some kind of power juice, where now all of a sudden they were all kind of superhuman. Um, but I kind of I think that could go either way too. You could definitely look at it as well. Maybe they're all just high as a kite and <laughs> it, think about it, this though. Jack drank too, want. didn't he? He did. He wasn't too superhuman. Well, he did save the day at the end with a pretty superhuman feat. What's that? He did save the day at the end, right, with a pretty superhuman move. Which was? Uh, the the reflexes. It finally paid off. Oh, he caught the knife wow. And threw it back. Yep. You're right. right. But he'd already proven his reflexes before he took the super juice. Hmm. Had he? Yeah, because when he hit the bottle, remember, it's on the reflexes. Oh. Remember, nothing or double. So it didn't really yeah. come. Of course, I mean, that was a pretty badass move. And just so everybody knows, he a knife is thrown at him. He grabs the knife and immediately throws it back. Spoiler alert! And hits yeah. low pan. You know, we probably should have talked about that at the beginning. That's something we're definitely gonna have to do in the future. Yeah, we just spoiled the shit out of that entire movie. Well, I think thirty year gap is is a pretty good time when you can. The interwebs are angry, man. Yeah, you're gonna get some hate. Well, we're not gonna give an email address, so you won't get any hate mail just yet. The interwebs are angry, folks. Schlock or not, how could you do that to me? I can see it on the tweeter right now. It's only been 30 years, and I finally was going to watch it next week. Yeah, I yeah, can see that. I was I all set to watch that movie next week. <laughs> My take on it is that the Super Juice gave him finally enough uh, skill or reflexes to make good on his boast earlier. That's kind of the way I took it. I do I do enjoy that. Okay. So, I like that. But did you also notice 
that demon has nards. <laughs> Dude, I almost took a clip of that movie to play it in here just because we talked about it, but I didn't want to get too clip happy. Oh, I do have one more clip for you, though. Do you want to hear it? Yes, I do. Get to the goddamn point, egg. I thought that was great. <laughs> I thought that was a perfect little thing just to just to have just and say. Get to the, you, you, you probably should have played that while I was rambling at some point. <laughs> get to the goddamn point, Doc. So I, I need to, I need to edit in Doc at the end over egg is what it is. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I ramble, but no, the demon has nards because even sexy attorney got some some ball time in. That's true. You know that they did do his crossover, and that's definitely after that movie, right? Right. You get this huge demon. Carrying people around, I mean, just evil is just insanely evil looking, and you just kick it in the nuts, and it's just meh. Hey, he he really was a letdown for me. Like he didn't match, but I thought he would do something. I mean, I, there is a little bit of the another spoiler at the end, the pop up, but he really didn't have enough in there to to make him cool, you know? Right, you're right. There was they no could have done so much work. more with that, but they yeah. probably realized, like John Carpenter sitting there, like, look at those flappity feet. Yeah, <laughs> that, you know what? That's right. Maybe they they really couldn't. Maybe they wanted to, and it was impossible with the technology at the time, huh? Yeah, because those feet were just a flipping and flopping. Okay, another special effects um, uh, pet peeve that I had in that movie. Remember when um, they're walking down the hallway and the person looks through the the mask, the eyes come through the mask yeah. and starts looking around. Yeah. Could you imagine? You're behind that painting, or it was a mask, right? Yeah. How hard would you have to press your face against that thing to get your <laughs> eyeballs that far outside of that mask? Well, I always tell my wife she has an extremely flat face. So maybe it, for me, <laughs> with with a, a, a yeah, uh, with a, 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 Euro, a European nose like I have, I don't think my, my face would be able to squish in there fat, far Those enough. Those eyeballs see were almost falling out of the mask. It was, <laughs> and then they like looked left and right. Yeah. It's like, <sighs> yeah. I mean, literally, some some special effects guy made that prop, and they could have just figured out a way to make it to where you could stick somebody's eyes up there, and you could kind of see them back. I mean, they were almost bulging out of the mask. It didn't bother me, but I can see what you're saying for sure. Once the one again, that one that bothered me a lot. This man, this was bad. Like after the low pan death, and and now is the the great escape, which was a super rushed. Also. Um, he's kind of stuck down at the bottom and they look up through that like manhole and eggs up there. And he, uh, his quote is, how'd you get up there? And eggs responses wasn't easy. Like, is that a, an easy <laughs> script writing? <laughs> right. And then, and on top of that, Oh, and I also have this crossbow with a rope attached that I'll pulley <laughs> this pulley crossbow that I'll, I'll shoot Good, down there is. to get you out. <laughs> That's John Carpenter telling us to, you know, leave the damn theater, get in our car and go home. We right, enjoyed that, the movie. That I've done a, enough for you. That was a very crappy wrap up of just like, how'd you get up there? It wasn't easy. Oh, here's a cr- here's a pulley. Come on up, we're good, good to go. And and another thing I thought of after that scene, right, is so unexplicably he gets up there with a, no explanation. He has the the pulley to get him out. No explanation. They run to the truck, right? And oh, my truck happens to be right here as well, where you guys are all are, so he can get back his truck back. Amazing. And on top of that, none of the other helpers made it. They're the only yeah. ones that left. The whole rest of the gang died, I, apparently. Or the whole left. gang's still down there. Who knows what Lopan's doing? Who knows what Lopan's monsters and, and uh, cronies are doing to those poor guys down there? No no talk about them whatsoever. Completely just, they're gone now at this point. They were, they were cannon, fodder. Cannon fodder. Fodder, exactly right. That, that kind of struck <laughs> me too. Like, yeah, that was a very rushed ending, which makes me think there was more to it. You know. So. Well, 
we, we can get into that a little bit uh, here in a second because you talked about the rush, rush ending. Uh, I would like to say, um, talking about the ending myself, is the fact that um, you notice he had – it was the old uh, spare key uh, excuse. I don't have the keys. I found my truck, oh, but I don't have the keys. Yes, and yes. She says, don't you carry a spare? And he, he almost like reaches right to the ignition and grabs the spare set of keys. Yeah. Okay, I, I get it. But that's just something that's so overused, man. I mean, that, that adds right I, into I, the huge I'm, rush. I'm old. I've, have you ever met anybody who keeps a spare set of keys in their, you know, no, no in their dude, visor? Dude, even when we were kids and, and it wasn't the time it was now, you didn't keep a spare and nobody did that. Well, you know, d- depending on where you live, if you're in rural, rural nowhere and you have an old truck in front of your farm, I'm sure you keep your keys in it. But any city, Chinatown, condensed area like that was, there's no way. Why do they continue to do that? I would have almost rather seen him hot. I know this is stupid. I love this movie with every ounce of my soul, and I'm nitpicking the crap out of it. But why wouldn't they just hotwire it or just say the keys were still in the ignition? Why did they even have to go through that entire silly process? Yeah, I guess that was just a joke, but it, it was super rushed. I mean, that whole ending was like, oh, we're here. Oh, we can get out. Oh, here's my truck. Oh, here's the keys. Let's get it. They wrapped everything up, the escape, and I'd almost rather not have an escape at all, and they just flashed to forward to them in the restaurant talking, you know. Right. Because it and was just notice, so rushed. So when they get there, everybody's uh, freshly showered. They're cleaning yes. up. Yes. They haven't slept for three days. No. So what does Jack Burton do? Does he take a nap? Does he take a break? He's got to make his cowboy exit, just like Clint Eastwood would, right? Just right off into the sunset. You going to kiss her goodbye, Steve? Nah. Nope. Come on. Nah. Nope. That's, hey, what she, he, that's what he said. The guy asked him, you going to kiss her goodbye? I think it was Margo, right? You going to kiss her goodbye? Right. And he's like, nope. You're not even going to kiss her? Yeah, that's the whole Han Solo, right? Like, yeah. I love you. I, I know, love you. Right? I yeah. know. So another cool part of that scene was like, when Wang is talking, like, what are you going to do now, Jack? And he said, well, I got, I got this money. I'm a rich man. And I'm thinking in my head, like, dude, you got three grand. Three grand yeah, was double I'm or nothing. Retire. <laughs> <laughs> double, nothing or double was three grand by my by my math. So I don't buy that. I'm a rich man. I can now do whatever I want, dude. You got, <laughs> yeah. You barely get gas for that big rig. So that was you a little. Got a place weird. in Hawaii on the beach that I can live yeah. in for one whole month. Yeah, that was that was a little <laughs> off, man. But um, can we can we jump to favorite and least favorite moments? Not yet. Okay. Not what done. do you got? What do you got for me? Do you notice what happens at the end? He hasn't slept in two to three days. We don't know for sure. He's driving. He's talking on the microphone again. What is he doing? He's drinking and driving. Oh, was he? Yeah, he's only drinking I, out of I, like a bottle of bourbon or something. I didn't catch that, man. I did not so catch then, that. So then, do you remember how the movie ends? Yeah, the uh, the payoff with the, the flippy flop monster, right? <laughs> Thank you for adopting that. Flippity yeah. flop monsters on the truck. We have a sequel opportunity here. That's what I thought too. It never happened. I'm probably I'm glad it didn't, but that's the same thing I thought. Like here's your here's your little piece just in case, right? Right. They give I don't you know. a little thing. I don't know. Would you rather have okay, so you know, like right now, they're they're remaking Big Trouble in Little China. You know that, right? They're remaking every movie, yes. Right. But do you know who's slated to play Jack Burton? Uh, you know what? I think I even texted this to you and I didn't the Rock. Talk about Yes, The Rock. Now yeah. Would you rather see a sequel or a remake? Uh, oh my goodness, that's great, dude. Uh, yeah, I'd probably go sequel on that. I don't think you could touch. I mean, that would like some movies. This movie would be. It was perfect for what it was, but it's not recreatable. I don't think. Based upon the fact that The Rock is remaking it, 
I'm almost uh, as close as I've ever been to being agreeable to a remake because I think they could do it better as long as they capture the spirit and charm, which is every re- remake's uh, battle they have to downfall, do. right? Right, because I mean, I like this the Friday Night remake, man. there's no heart, there's no soul to it. It's right. just cashing in. But I think The Rock maybe has the sensibilities and the cheesiness to pull off a jet. Could you imagine Dwayne Johnson saying Kurt Russell's lines? I can. I I'm having trouble with it. He's too much. Like he's he's too much of a big buff, good looking dude to be that schmo that's a big talker. I need a beer gut guy in there to be the Jack Burton. If you're if you're going right. to keep him as as the comedy, I, he didn't. But he had that look of. He definitely wasn't a buff guy. You know, he kind of had the tank top on, but he didn't look like the action stars of the 80s at that point. Um, and I think that was part of his charm was that he was a blowhard. And, and every I would man. Have, yeah, an every man. I would have trouble seeing The Rock as an every man because he's such a massive dude. So that's just me, but I, I have trouble yeah. with it. This is one of them that, you know, this, the, the source material is very close to my heart, but I'm down for it. So go ahead, favorite moment. Let me say, I'm, not, I'm down for it, too. I, don't, I hope they do make remake. We'll see if it's good or bad, but yeah. Uh, okay, favorite and least favorite. For the favorite moment, the part I laughed at the most, I think, and my wife, maybe it was because my wife was giggling, but um, do the lipstick gag, bro. When he came out trying to be tough with lipstick all over his <laughs> mouth, it worked. That was a brilliantly written, him yeah. stone-facing it and trying to be tough with that shit all over his teeth was just brilliant. It was great to me. <laughs> I loved it. I, I have to agree that I was a, a huge fan of that as well. Um, my favorite moment was when thunder exploded because it was, uh, the, the, the power that makes him super is also the power that killed him because he gets angry and he's not like the Hulk where he gets big and just destroys crap. He gets angry and he throws a tantrum, blows smoke out of his ears and his nostrils and blows up. And I took that as him self-destructing, trying to kill them. Is that how you took that? Nope. That was a tantrum. Really? Okay. Because remember when he blew up, all you saw was like flesh flying out the door. And I'd love to have been the guy behind the door with like the, the garbage can full of latex yeah. pieces and just fluffing it out the door. Because like that's what it looked chicken, like. It wasn't raw anything chicken spectacular. Breast and shit. Yeah, it looked great. <laughs> um, okay, well, that's cool. I, I took that as a self-destruct. That's why they were running away. Is like, oh, dude, this guy's mad now that he killed his boss. He's just going to kill us all. That's the way I took it. I think he was mad, so they didn't want to get his gutty what's all over their bodies. I like so, it. I like it. Like if you were going to blow up in the same room as me, I probably wouldn't stick around to watch it. I'd... <laughs> Yeah, All right. I'll give you that. That's good. <laughs> okay, um, where are we at? My worst. I, I'm going to give you my worst. I, I really cringed when, in the dialogue between Kurt Russell and Margot when she was trying to get him to go back to save Kim Cattrall, and it was like, um, you're not even going to save her? She's What's wrong? Is she too much brains for you? They had like this like really weird back and forth that was cringeworthy for me of trying to set him up as like the, the, the Han Solo cool guy and, and her pestering him into trying to save her. It was really tough for me to watch. It was bad writing and bad acting. Both sides what do you think? F- feminine message? Was it, you think? Yeah. You're yeah. tough guy. I don't want to go save the smart woman who's smarter than you. <laughs> I don't know. Could <laughs> Maybe. Be. It, it was just really bad, poorly written and it, it, it irked me that that got left in there when I'm sure so much other stuff should have been in there, you know? Right. Right. You know that had to have probably had studio producer written all over it. Like, we're leaving that scene in. That's important. Yeah, I guess. I, I hate it. We can't throw any more money at the uh, crappy effects for the floating eyeball monster, but we're going to put that in there. <laughs> Give or maybe like Margo, Margo's husband was a, like an a executive producer. Her last name was Burton? Nah, it's Jack Burton. Uh, 
<laughs> Jack Burton, give me, you never know. Is there a is there a quinky dink there? Maybe. Give me your worst. What do you got? Uh, I hated the elevator to the lake death, to the, okay. uh, I don't know what you would call it, the pit of drowning with all the bodies in there. I just yeah. thought that was, I just, it yeah. was unnecessary. I agree. They could have found a different draft, something like that. I don't know why I disliked that so much, but as soon as it started happening, I was just, I thought it was totally cliche. Yeah. I I could go either way with that one. It didn't bother me, but yeah, I could see that it was unnecessary. Um, and you said that you do not have a, a sponsor for the film. Is that correct? I I could not pull a sponsor together. I apologize. I I went all over the place today to try to find a good sponsor for us, and I couldn't do it. So I apologize. Can I get? Can I? Can I give you mine? Who did we get? We got Lopan Lee's Press On Pinky Nails. If you want long, <laughs> if you want long press on Lee's Press On Nails, you go to Lopan. I like it. Good. Everybody like, visit the website. Pick them up. Yeah. How about a haiku? <laughs> did you come up with a, with an overview did haiku you, for did, me? Did you? I want you. Listen, I've never written a haiku before in my life, so I want you to do your overview haiku first. Okay. So I won't be so self conscious. Well, no problem. Here we go. One thing to know now: tucking tank top into jeans never looks good ever. <laughs> you, you did way better than I did. We probably should have uh, started with mine first. It could have been okay. the uh, wow. Uh, Jack Burton, awesome. Wang, even more awesome. Er, Kung Fu Magic wins. Yeah, I, I really like yours, buddy. I think you're wrong. You're not giving yourself <laughs> enough credit. <laughs> Just because you know Wang definitely stole the show, and he's way more awesome than Jack Burton. They should like have it. Dennis Dunn on the cover of this poster. I like the uh, little ER on the end to give you the extra syllable, too. That's <laughs> extra nice. syllable? <laughs> yeah, syllable. <laughs> How about a life lesson, right. dude? Did, did we get a life lesson out of this? Yeah. Yes, we did. Give me yours. You give me yours first. Okay. My life lesson, it's all in the reflexes. Oh, well played. I, I think my lesson is uh, never help friends. Oh, <laughs> good. That's good. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Like, if you ask me to go pick up some strange green-eyed girl at the train station that you've never met before, I'm just going to have to say no. Nice. Yep, that I'm have, with uh, you on that. I could have taken my nothing or double and gone out to San Francisco and picked up a tranny hooker or anything else besides that. <laughs> would have made for a short movie, but I agree. You would have been <laughs> a lot better off. <laughs> All right. You know what I want to do right now? I want to quiz you off. Oh, man. Qu- quiz me, dude. Quiz me off. <laughs> now, what are the rules of this? Everybody has to know there are certain rules of the quiz off. Well, I went with a very loose set of rules. I, I was going to do three questions. Instead, I gave you four, and I gave you some gimmies in there just to make sure that it wasn't all of us looking dumb. Um, but I, I think what we're going to do is, and this can always change going forward, but you give me some questions to see if I was really watching. I give you some questions. Try not to make them too abstract. And uh, whoever wins this quiz gets to pick the next movie, which is a big deal for us because I definitely want to make you watch some really crappy movies. Oh, I got some crap for you too. But Good. my rules are a little different. I okay. based – my questions on um, anything loosely related to the movie. Some some aspects of the movie, I know we discussed that, where we would make questions to, to verify that the other person actually watched it and didn't just mm-hmm. pull a bunch of crap off of IMDb. Um, but what I wanted to do was throw some stuff in there for the movie and then anything related to the movie, director-wise, actor-wise. But, yeah, but so it may be a, a little tougher. Um, we'll see how this whole thing works out. It's our first time doing this, so let's give it a shot. You go first, sir. Okay, I got four, and I'm going to give you a couple gimmies, okay? First thing, the name of the truck, Jack's truck. Well, that takes out my number two question. It's the Port Shop Express. 
Okay, well, this answers your beginning question of the podcast, which you said, what was he delivering? It was actually pigs. They were taking him off to the pig market. Really? He was the, he was the pork chop express. Yeah, that was pigs. So we learned. I had a no bit, idea. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the, the, now, since that was a question to me, I get a point, and then that was my second question to you. You get a point. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So it's it. one, one to one. one. One to one. Okay. Okay. Now you go with your second question because you've already answered one of mine. You're you're gonna love this one, dude. This works in perfect what we talked about. What was the name of the underwater chamber? Uh, Lake of Death. Wrong. The Hall of the Upside Down Sinners. Did they actually talk about that? I'm sorry, hell, not hall. I'm sorry, hell. Hell of the, yes, yes. They talked about that. Yeah, when he first pops his head up in the water and there's all the skeletons that are chained and everything, and Jack is like, <sighs> what the hell is this, Wang? He says, hell of the upside down sinners. That's the first words out of his mouth. So is that actually what it's called or is that what he says? No, I'm pretty sure the hell of the upside down sinners is, is inferred to be that is the name of that place. That's probably the coolest title for any space I've ever yeah. heard. Upside down sinners. Hell of the upside down sinners. Correct. I think we should call our podcast that. That's way better than <laughs> yeah, talk or not. I'm with you. Can we do that? Like, just change it now I mean, on the fly. It's a mouthful. <laughs> it's gonna be. I bet. <laughs> you know what? I bet we can get the the URL. I bet that's open. <laughs> that's not out there. <laughs> yeah. It may be on the deep web. You don't know. Um, you never know. Okay. So I obviously missed that one. Still tied one to one. Yep. Ready? Yep. Which martial arts actor had a cameo? Um, but was trying to get a starring role, but because they weren't fluent enough in English, failed. Jackie Chan. God damn you. Yeah. Yep. Easy, good... easy peasy, buddy. I know. I know. Did you see him? No, I didn't. Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's in there. Oh, no. I totally missed it. I just didn't remember reading up on the movie and seeing that in there. Yep. I'm going to have to find better sources then. <laughs> All right. Tied. Or no, two to one. You're up. Go. Yeah. All right. Uh yeah, you're going to get this. The name of the three storms. I had them written down, actually. Can I refer to my notes to refresh yeah, my course. memory? Of course. Can you play some sort of music while I do so? Um, <laughs> nothing up double. <laughs> <laughs> you got to work on longer clips. <laughs> your intro's like two seconds long and your clips are get a second. Get to the goddamn point, Egg. Is that better? I would have to say there's... Um, there's thunder, lightning, and wind. Oh, wrong. <laughs> it's it's thunder, lightning, and rain. Are you sure? Uh, we could do some fact-checking after the fact, but you want to call that a, a, a disqual question for nope. now? Two to one. Dang it. Okay. Not three to one. I got no, the Jackie Chan. Yeah, that was two. Pork Chop Express, Express we both Jackie got. Jackie Chan. Oh, and then you don't get this. Got it. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dom. You're All right. actually cheating cheating already i'm winning and cheating I'm the worst kind of winner <laughs> i know it's like okay so the, the way this works is if if i stump you i get a point and if i answer the question i get a point too right sure, oh why not? that's absolutely sure. not how that works <laughs> all right so is it my turn please all right now i have to ensure that there's there's no shenanigans on your part over there okay no problem, no problem. hands away from the keyboard oh yeah cheating is no fun click. i want to hear any clicking and clacking no problem. I would never cheat, yes. Name five other Carpenter-directed films. Prince of Darkness, Halloween. Wait, director or writer? Does it matter? Director. Prince of Darkness, Halloween. Uh, uh, oh, my God. I know so many of them that I'm blanking. Um, oh, my God. Is that the sound to cover up the click-clack of the 
keyboard so you can go to IMDb? No, no, that's me aggravated at myself because I've looked at all these. I looked at writing and directing because I just wanted to refresh myself and just like on Jeopardy, you just total blank when it's time to call. All right, should I give you a ten second timer? No, give me give me three of your favorite to fill in the two the three I couldn't get. Uh, I would have to say they live. Oh man, yes. The thing. Do duh. We just talked about it. <laughs> and vampires. Vampires, I didn't see. In the Mouth of Madness, Dark Star, Escape from New York and L.A., Christine Starman, yeah, Ghost dude, of Mars, of Assault on Precinct 13, The Ward, Masters of Horror. Of course. Of course. I'm an idiot. You're, you're smarter than me, all right? Nope. Absolutely not. You've already stumped me. It's tied 2-2, two to two, but you got two one more two. question, don't you? Yeah. Did you only do three? I, d- I only had three questions. Okay. Well, we'll call this a tie. We'll collaborate on our next movie, um, or we'll flip a coin, but I still want to give you the third question. I want you to pick. Oh, great. I'll give, can I give you the, th- the fourth question anyway? Go for it. What was the logo on the front grill of his truck? It was the chick, like the, yeah. um, the sexy chick, right? And what did it say? <sighs> Keep on trucking. Good call. It's hauling ass is what it said. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> that symbol with the chick. It is, the, yeah. The, the profile of the chick, it's hauling ass. You're right. Yeah, it says hauling ass over it. So I just thought that was a ass, fun. Grass or gas, nobody writes for free. Exactly, dude. Exactly. You're, like, you're already wrong, Eric. I don't know why you're continuing. <laughs> Wait, let me let me get your get to the goddamn point, egg. <laughs> get that going for you. Look, Thank I got the soundboard. I'm like meaning in the butt over here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. So you just quizzed me right on off. Nice. No, quizzed satisfying. you so good. I quizzed you so great. Um, <laughs> let me see if I have anything else here for you. Um, movies with spouse is something we talked about doing, which would basically be um, movies that. A lot of the movies we watch, our spouses will definitely not watch or definitely not appreciate. So we thought it would be fun to throw something in that maybe you could watch with your spouse. And um, for me, I picked this movie. My spouse liked it. And I think this is a fun one for the family in general. So I didn't have to go far to find a movie. Okay. Let me see what else we got here. We haven't picked the next episode, so I'll probably have to work on that. And I guess the longer we go, we'll probably have to do a Twitter feed or something with um, you know, so we could announce what's coming up. Uh, So I guess you'll have to just... Stay tuned and see. Um, I see what happens have, here. See if people like it. See if anybody likes it, right? Maybe not. Maybe just me and you listen to this over and over. Who knows? Um, <laughs> well, we quiz each other off. As, as we quiz each other. <laughs> did you did you do a um, a fun score for the movie? Unique star rating. I did. I, I did not this time around. Sorry. Hold on, Sam. Mm-hmm. Let me check my notes. Ver- verify that. Foley, can you do some foley work? Can you throw that up to the mic? I did not this? do one. I'm sorry. Um, I did. Okay, what do you need um, for Foley work? Go. uh, Here, a little bit of this. Okay, all right. Yeah, we're going to get – hold on a second. Let me get my note. Perfect. All right. Perfect. Uh, My score would be three big wicker hats out of a possible four. And that's that's the way I rank this movie. I like that. That's a good one. I'm going to work on that next time for sure. That was even my idea, wasn't it? Uh, I believe so. Crap. Greatly lacking. But we know next time what's going to be expected from both of us. We do, and I'd like to just – since it's the point of this whole podcast, I want to throw out there that to me this movie is definitely not schlock. I thought it was fun. I think it's a family film. Depending on the age of your kid, you can watch it with your spouse. Um, I have affinity for it because I watched it as, as a young man, but I just still liked it. I thought it was great. 100% not schlock. Yeah, it's I'm with incredible. you. It's incredible. And uh, should we thank Gene? As a matter of fact, in my notes, the last line in here is thank Gene for the Mac. Uh, our good buddy Gene, I hopefully he hears this. It's long. I hope he doesn't and get bored listening to the whole thing. He graciously donated the Mac computer that we're using to record our podcasts on uh, completely free of charge. 
Uh, he will forever be in my heart because of that. He's a great guy, and uh, I just awesome, couldn't, dude. couldn't say good enough good things about Gene. So, Gene, really thank yep. you for letting us do this. And thank you, Will, also. Big Will, uh, yes. Big Will might collaborate with us on a couple of these things. Uh, hopefully he can get in here soon, too. I think Will will be a great addition to some of our clips. Awesome sauce, man. Thanks for the uh, opportunity today. I had a great time, man. I did too, man. Uh, thank you so much for doing this, Eric. It's really getting it out of the way, getting this first one done. It uh, gets rid of my jitters, and I couldn't be happier with uh, just getting in here and finally doing it. Yes, sir. Definitely. Until next time, I'll leave you guys with this. So long.